oh Lord, open our ears that we can be faithful to what you say and not deviate to the right or to the left. That's it. That's what God requires. Just do that. exercise the game plan that wins uh halftime in, in any game and even in the game of life um it's the most crucial part of the game when teams go in to break and they go in that uh that that tunnel uh when they go in that locker room it, what they're doing is making adjustments they're drawing up plans they're drawing up plays uh they're doing things to implement a system that either didn't work uh a new system because the old one didn't work in the first half or what they're doing uh, worked and they know that the other team is going to make adjustments and they're going to counteract what they might produce in that second half. So the devil uh, has watched you. Uh, he's watched you this first half and he's going to make an adjustment. And so you're either going to make an adjustment based off what you think he might do because you always have to be concerned with the enemy or the opponent okay um it's it's i think it's more um strategic if you look at the devil as an opponent and an enemy but just just for this sake an opponent uh who wants to defeat god an enemy uh wants to destroy and that's who he is but what he is as far as spiritual warfare he's the enemy but he's also an opponent and you have to be on guard for that and so I believe that the half of the year mark is something that 
we have to take uh, seriously. Uh, we have to really be intentional about our adjustments. And so uh, businesses divide the, the their fiscal year up into quarters. And I think that as we close out this quarter, you have to uh, be ready for third quarter. It's, 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 it's serious. And so uh, look at your calendar, revisit your goals, restructure them. Uh, you may have to refinance them, uh, refocus them, whatever you have to do, um, make the adjustments. Okay. That's just the first part of this podcast. And I'm going somewhere with this. If you hang in there with me, I got a, I got a show for you, but I really want you to understand the breakdown of a year of a game uh, of a match. There's a half there's, there's quarters. Um, this year's by far, it's not over. Uh, but it's on the down stretch. If you want to be real about it, uh, and you, and you gotta be real about it. So I want you to, I want you to take what I'm saying, um, and implement this thought to your halftime experience, uh, to your locker room, uh, game plan, this thought that I have today, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what's been going on with me. I'm going to shape it up where you can kind of understand where I'm coming from with this. Um, this won't be the most popular show I have. I'm going to tell you that right off, uh, <laughs> because it's going to require some reflection. And I, I've heard some reviews of people say, you know, Nate, you said this, and man, you really came down hard on me. You had me thinking about this and that. Um, but just that that's just my coaching style. That's my love language. Um, with anybody I am like that I encounter, that's how I speak, you know, to them. Um, I want what's best for my people. And I, I'm gonna pause like <laughs> I want what's best for my people. I want what's best for my family. I want what's best for uh, Christ Church. Um, and I won't stop until I, I feel like I've done that. When, I, when, I, when I'm in, in relationship with anybody, whether it's a uh, romantic, platonic, uh, family, um, spiritual, whatever it is, if I'm coaching you, I love you to the point of fruition. Okay. This podcast is that. So you, you all who listen to me just on the regular, you hear my heart. I never come on here with, uh, something premeditated, even this to like right now, like I, it's not premeditated. I don't have any notes. I, the thoughts just of my day pop up, uh, you know, and I, and I'll come read a text and apply it, but I never come on here with, I, I'm, I, I've never sold you a product. Uh, you haven't heard me have one sponsor. You haven't heard me ask for money. Um, you, you've never seen me manipulate you. I did this. I started this. If you go back to the first show out of obedience to you, like 
It's obedience to what God told me to give to you and still he's telling me right now what to give to you from my own life. Whether my success or my failure, um, I've given you my heart. And, and so my faithful listeners, I want you to understand that. I want you to really understand that. And that's where I'm coming from today. I don't want to sell you a dream that there are parts of the equation that you can accept and there are parts you don't have to accept. I can't do that. You know, I don't want to tell you God is ready to take you to the next level and all you have to do is this one thing and this and you just have to pray, but you don't have to be obedient. Uh, you have to just pray and be obedient, but you don't have to serve. You don't have to change anything to get anything from God. I'm not going to lie to you and say that. As gifted as you are, this is the Gifted Connection podcast. I'm talking to people who are like me. I was I was highly uh, gifted, anointed, and I realized I was stuck. And there's no worse feeling than to be blessed by God and amongst men like we have dominion over the earth and I feel stuck and I realized that that was a part of my reality because of x y and z had nothing to do with what God didn't do and, and produce it had more to do with me Yes, the enemy is out to destroy and get you. And I understand all that. But it had more to do with the parts of the equation that either I was ignorant to, I didn't know, or chose to disregard. And I will not do that on any platform. Whether I'm coaching you, preaching to you, teaching, uh, if I'm a spiritual advisor to you, I can't I, I won't ever downplay what you must do. And that is surrender everything. Okay? You can turn on a business podcast if you just want business secrets. You can turn on uh a relationship podcast if you just want their marriage tips or their dating tips. But both require surrender. Surrender to who? Surrender to what? They both require that you give of yourself. No one is just going to give you the game and it worked. That's a cheap game. If it doesn't require you to sacrifice, if you, 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 you can believe whatever you want. But what you can't do is try to mix spiritual and secular success and take God out of the parts you want to take him out of. You know, so I tell people up front who I am and what I, what I, what I, what I am. I don't I don't apologize because it's the, it's, it's the only way you're going to get to the real truth. If you're God created, you're a God being, but you live on earth, earthly success without God is a lie. You can have it, 
but will it sustain you and will it be fruitful like i said i love you to fruition i want to see you produce this 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 thing um and so that's just a that's just the there's just that's just the intro let me let me shift to what i really want to say so um i'm gonna go slow this may be long this is a warning <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> this may be long but i want to kind of i want to kind of tell you what's been what's been going on and where i where i got this this revelation from like i said i give you my life um just open and and, and candidly um about three weeks ago at this point um i woke up one day and i sat up on the bed and i realized um that my like my hip was hurting and i'm like okay maybe i'm getting old didn't think much of it when i stepped up off the bed and relieved the pressure just off of my spine i screamed in pain because i wasn't expecting the, the pain and when i tried to walk i immediately sat back down and i'm thinking what was that you know i'm old but i ain't i ain't, I ain't that old <laughs> i'm 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 there but i'm not there you know i ain't i ain't there yet and i'm thinking what what was that <laughs> so i try to walk and i can walk but not on i can't put pressure on the side that's hurting and so i'm thinking it's just something you know that'll all right it's just a morning thing you know it'll go away it's a morning thing i go about my day you know i, I, I go to the restroom i start getting ready to shower and, and brush my teeth things like that and it's just throbbing i limp throughout the rest of the day the rest of the next two or three days i'm just i'm limping at night i can't lay on my side or turn over to rotate between my stomach and my back every time i rotate it scream out pain i don't know what it is it's just on one side and it's just in one area. So I had to go um, to a meeting in, in, in Tarot. So I didn't cancel. I was going to cancel, but I didn't. I, already, I had already committed to it. Um, so I'm going to meet uh, with, this, with this other pastor. He, he called it. And so my parents live in Tarot, so I'm going, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go stop by and see them after I go to the meeting. Anybody who knows my mother, she, she going to keep medication. It's just a, a, a Ziploc bag full of stuff. So I just ask her, you got anything X, Y, and Z that you just give me something, you know, just give me this pain medication. You can give me something. Um, whatever you take <laughs> when it, you know, my mother has knee issues. And so I said, uh, let me borrow, let me, let me, let me hold up. She said, okay. So she, she put me a few 
uh, in a bag. I, I take off. I go back home. I take them. I get real sleepy. <laughs> That's about it. When I wake up, same pain. Same pain. I take another one. Real sleepy. I, I mean, I was sleeping for hours. Hours at a time. I'm sleeping. Same pain, though. Not really changing. Um, but if you know me, I haven't really, I haven't been to the doctor probably in about three years. And I'm not one of those, uh, I'm not afraid. I'm not that. I'm not, oh, black men don't go. And it, it wasn't that. Um, the last time I, I, I'd gone, I had some issues going on and I was getting the runaround. You know, they come in. I mean, you come in, you pay your copay. They do the minimum and then, oh, you got to go see this specialist. And then this, you, you pay to see this specialist. We didn't find anything. We're going to send you here. Nobody's getting anything. And I'm just, I'm like, okay, am I being played? Like, y'all sending me here, here, and here, here, and here for this. But nothing is like, I'm out of money, but my issue ain't solved. At that time, I'm taking days off work. <laughs> I'm do, You know, like. Cutting into the the days you barely have, you know, they only give you X amount of, you know, leave. You you accumulate it. They don't really want you to take it off, you know. So, I'm I'm battling all that. I'm like, man, I ain't got time for that. So that last go around with the doctor three years ago, I just kind of, I was just kind of like, if I can keep myself in good health, just with the things that I can control. I ain't, I ain't got to go down that route. So I, I, I was the WebMD king. Uh, whatever I could kind of do to cure myself, you know, I would do it. That's all fine and well until my life takes this this turn and I'm under this immense amount of stress. And I can't get back to a sense of a healthy reality. So... Fast forward to now, I'm 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 in pain. Don't know why. Don't know what it is. Um, but I'm gonna fight it. Like I I don't really take medication. Me asking my mother for that was how you know I'm in pain. Cause I don't take it. Like I never take medicine for anything. That's just me. Um, you have to force me to do it. <laughs> you have to force me to do it, and I'm not like he man tough all that. It's just. I, I have a different relationship with it. Uh, I did work um, in a vitamin supplement store for quite a while. And I knew the, like, the effects that some of this stuff has on your liver. And just, you know, from that place, I j- I'm just not a fan. Nothing against my friends who are in that industry, uh, who are doctors, uh, PAs, and, and nurses. It, I, I just, I just try to go about it uh, holistically and I will disregard the pain until it goes away. Well, this one is not going away. So two, maybe two, three nights after, you know, I've been dealing with the medicine about 3 a.m. one night, I'm, I get a headache in my, in my sleep. In my dream, actually, I had a headache in the dream. Uh, I have very, very vivid dreams, so I'm very active 
uh, and I feel pain <laughs> in my dream. Like in the dream, I remember saying like, I, I'm, I'm, I have a headache. I need to do something. It was the worst headache I ever had in my life. The worst. Um, he woke me up piercing, uh, the front of my skull. And I mean, piercing. uh, it felt like somebody was supposed to knock me out, but I didn't go out <laughs> or I had been in a series of car accidents and I've had a few. Um, it, it, it felt like that times 10. I've, I've been hitting the head before I've been hit. Like it felt like that times 10 <laughs> and I'm screaming and I, and I live alone. So I know like, is that nobody's hearing it is, is not like, I don't know what to do. It's three o'clock. I'm trying to wait to at least 4.00 AM to where somebody I know is up, you know, I'm trying, I, I, it maybe five o'clock. My mama might wake up. Just somebody I can tell this to. And, <laughs> but I'm screaming. I don't really want to call, you know, the emergency. Like, I don't want to ride and pay all that money and ride in that, you know, the, the ambulance. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just right. I don't even know what's going on. I'm, as the headache is, it's, it's, it's on, it's on the right side. The pain travels down the entire right side of my body towards my leg. And I can't move. But the, I can feel the headache. But I really came up and I'm screaming. And I stopped. And I just realized, like, that the pain is shifting. And so I'm like, am I having a stroke? Like, that. I, that's what I thought. Like, that... <laughs> That's immediately what I thought, but I can, I can talk. I can see like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't want anybody to find me. So I started making calls. I didn't, I didn't want any guesswork. Like he died like this. He, this is probably what happened. He mentioned a headache two days ago. He said he had like, I was, I was going to lay there <laughs> Because I couldn't move, but I wanted like somebody to know, you know, like this is it. And this is what I feel. And I ain't never felt this before. And it's just on one side. I'm going numb. <laughs> like I <laughs> crazy. I don't I can't even explain it. But long story short, I get I actually go to uh the ER. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm speeding it up for y'all. <laughs> I get to a private ER. The lady says, this is a private ER. We don't, we don't take that insurance. Like we don't take you. Have, and she said, we don't, we don't take your insurance. And you would have to uh, schedule an appointment here. You can't just walk in. Mind you, there's nobody in this place. Pretty much what she was saying. Unless your leg falling off, like there's some blood we can see something internal we we can't treat that and we don't have like the machines like we don't have equipment to even look at you like that so she said you can go to urgent care so it's a care now up the street i was trying to avoid this you know y'all know i don't like to run around so 
I go to the care now. Y'all, I ain't been to the doctor in three years. So I surely haven't been during COVID. So I get in there. I go to the front. And the lady is like, um, yeah, can I help you? I look. <laughs> but, ma'am, this is urgent care. I'm sure you can, you, you can help everybody in here. Like, of course you can help me. Like, give me you can give me the paperwork. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I was like, yeah, I just, I just need the paperwork so I can, you know, this is how you check it. She was like, oh, you did you, did you didn't do your pre-check? Well, obviously I didn't, you know. <laughs> Y'all, I'm in so much pain. I'm, I'm really not talking. Like, I'm just giving her one word. I'm trying. Because I didn't will myself to this point. Um, she was like, you could. You'd have to, you'd have to have done it at home or, you know, online. You can go back home and do it, or you can do it here if you got a phone. But okay, I got a phone. And so, uh, she, I get the link and put in all my information. They call me to the back. The doctor at the back, uh, you know, they check your your height, weight, all that. Once I get into the private room, the doctor come in, banging on my knees, uh banging on my chest, banging on my side, moving my head around, uh, looking at my pupils. She's doing all this stuff, but she's touching me a lot, like hitting me, trying to see if I'm going to react, you know, telling me to push on her, all this kind of stuff. And she said, I'm checking this. She said, I'm trying to rule out just your uh, neurological responses, like to see if you had a stroke. She said, you, you, you're talking back to me pretty well. Um, you can see me. You you don't appear to. She said, but I can't rule this out without sending you to the ER. So I'm going to send you to the hospital uh, a couple miles up the road. I'm going to tell them you, you're on your way. We're going to forward everything over. And they're going to give you a, a scan. Look at your brain. Now, y'all, I'm still in pain. <laughs> she didn't offer me nothing but to, they got to look at my brain. So, I'm at the next hospital. They got the plexiglass everywhere. Everybody's in masks. They, it, there is no HIPAA law. They ask you right there in the waiting area what you're here for, what your symptoms are, uh, what's been going on. I mean, ain't nothing private. Maybe 30 minutes later, they take me back to do the scan. Um, they do the scan. I have to wait. I finally get in the. I finally get in the private room in the hospital. Um waiting on the scan about two hours. Um, they're trying to shoot up cocktails uh, through an IV uh, to just get the headache away. That's all they really want to do at this point. Wait on the scan, get the headache away. So at the end of it all, um, the doctor came in. He said, once you take this cocktail, your headache will be gone. And I'm going to write your prescription. And then in two weeks, um, if you have another one, follow up with a neurologist. And that was it. <laughs> I go to Walgreens, get this expensive uh, medicine. And when I get the, and I asked him, I said, what's the medicine for? He said, I'm going to just write it for migraines. And so I'm thinking like, I came in here with this severe headache that travels 
the pain so intense, y'all had to do a scan to rule out uh, and see if my brain activity is okay. Make sure this wasn't some form of a stroke. Um, But you're going to give me some medicine for migraine. Now, I'm not big on medicine, and here's why. The medicine that I have, uh, I have not taken it yet, um, but I, I did. I did get it. Um, the migraine is the symptom, not the disease. And I think where we fail is we're so symptomatic that we miss the disease that causes uh, death and disorder. And I'm tripping because I can take this. He said his instruction was take it every time you have a headache and every four hours during the headache. Whoa. (laughs) First of all, nobody likes to have a headache for four hours, but you, you're pretty much telling me to just take this and this part of the pain will go away. I don't know why I had that headache to this day. I don't know why I couldn't walk. I don't know why one side of my body was sore for two weeks. As if uh, I was in a very, very, very bad accident or a very bad fight that I did not win. (laughs) If I was thrown out of a building or something, it, it hurt that bad for two weeks. But I'm just supposed to take a headache medicine. Headaches alarm us that something is going on. That headache woke me up out of my sleep. It was trying to alert me and warn me of something. Headaches are symptoms of a disease. They're not a disease. I, I've never heard, and you can y'all can check me, but I've never heard of anybody like he died of a headache. You know, he 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 had them headaches and he just died. I've never heard that. The headaches are It's a symptom. It's it's the alert and the alarm that something has taken place and it's causing this to malfunction. And this is what I want y'all to see. You cannot go through your life treating symptoms. This is nothing you've never heard before, but I really want you to take a look at this. You cannot go through your life treating symptoms and missing disease and thinking that you're going to live fruitfully and abundantly you cannot let someone sell you cures for symptoms whether it be spiritual oh just pray about it every time you feel this you gotta you gotta pray but you don't know why you got in that situation in the first place You don't know how to dodge that. You don't know how to attack that. And I, and I'm, and I'm really trying to be careful with this because even in the Bible, Jesus's miracles, he gives you the entire healing because in that culture, they, they don't sell you 
a cure for symptoms. The woman with the issue of blood, nobody said here's something to manage the bleeding. It said no one could cure her. Jesus, one, he, he, he approaches you and heals you fully. He makes you whole. If you cannot walk, he doesn't offer a wheelchair or a crutch or he, he makes you walk. He makes you see. He, he cures the disease. They don't have in that culture headache medicine. They don't have, they're not willing to overlook the symptom and just, I mean, overlook the disease and just cure the symptom. That's why it was so important for Jesus to come through at the time he does, because when you couldn't get a healing, it's over. It's so, it's so much so that people don't want to be around you with leprosy, with an issue of hemorrhaging, because they can't get it. Because there is no symptom cure. There is nothing to coast you until you get to wholeness. You're dead at the sound of the diagnosis. When they proclaim that you, this is it, they have nothing for it. And I want y'all to see that in your, in your life, you cannot afford to be proactive with a symptom and miss the underlying diseases. Our culture who has made uh, westernized medicine has turned symptom cure into big business. You have to be in search of a healing if you're going to move forward and function. Okay? I don't want this podcast and I don't want anybody else that that serves you in this way, whether they be pastor, teacher, uh, coach, whatever it is, to put you under the impression that you don't have to know how to fix broken parts of you. That you can just do some things to get by. And you don't ever have to be whole. And I told you that story about what's going on with me because I realized as I was sitting uh, in a hospital room that there's a part of me I must fix if the next phase that God brings me into, if I'm going to serve it properly and be able to function in it, I got to get well. I'm not going to just take your migraine medicine and I don't know what this is. I got to get well. If I don't, I'll die next time. So I, I like, it's a must. 
I don't care about all of the motivation in the rah-rah. It's a must that we understand the things that cause us not to function right. Functionality is important to movement. Functionality is important to purpose. If the engine of the car malfunction, it doesn't matter if you have brand new tires. It doesn't matter if your windows still roll up and down. For some of y'all ain't never had a, a broke down car. When the windows, y'all know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter if the doors unlock and open all of them. It doesn't matter if <laughs> if the radio works. Like it, if that engine malfunctions, the car doesn't go. Just like if the starter malfunctions, but the battery is good, the engine is good, but the starter, if one part malfunctions, it messes up the functionality of the entire vehicle. You have to understand this. Parts of you, whether mentally, spiritually, or physically, if you don't know the root cause of a symptom, in other words, if you can't say why you had that symptom and it gives evidence of a disease, if you don't know that, I cannot assure you that where I'm telling you God is trying to take you, you'll get to. And even if you get there, can you function? Can you serve? Can you be obedient? What? It's not blessings that we need. It's not, it's, it's not blessings that we need. We need knowledge of self. We need to understand the parts of us that don't function well. Because if we don't understand this, we start to cure the parts that are just symptoms and we never really understand the underlying disease that will cause our demise in the next dimension. You have to know you, but deeper than that, you have to know the parts of you that need to be fixed so you can function. Brokenness is just about not being able to function the way you would if you were whole. Brokenness is just about not being able to function the way you would if you were whole. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not this degrading term. Oh, she, she broken or he broken. Or he. No, it's just saying whole people don't do that. If you were whole, they wouldn't feel like that. If you were whole, you wouldn't say that. I had this headache that woke me up out of my sleep because something is going on inside of me that won't allow me to walk the way I would if this didn't happen. 
the headache is letting me know something is there. If I just turn the headache off, when I feel it, I'm going to miss the disease. And many of you are in relationship with yourself turning the headache off. Many of you are in relationship with other people turning the headache off. Many of you are in relationship with the spirit of God. And when it doesn't make sense to you, you know how to turn it off. You know your migraine medicine. You know what they can subscribe to you to get you out of the pain instantly. But you don't know how to make it last because you don't know why it's happening. Knowledge of self, you have to understand this. And 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 and, and this is where, and, and I'm going to come from a spiritual place on this podcast. So turn me off now. If you don't fully subscribe to um, what believers of Christ, people who believe Christ died and his blood purchased their relationship and their restoration back to their creator so they can have the right to an abundant life. So they can have the right to eternal life. They never have to die to like to sin. They will never have to pay for what they've done. People who believe this and honor the word of God stay on. People who don't, you're going to have to turn me off now because you won't fully take this. And the reason I'm saying this is because with, with your dominion, you have the right to believe whatever you want. God doesn't make you believe in anything. But what you cannot do is mix secular truths with biblical truths and have your own version of truth and say, I love you, God, and I serve God. That's where we're failing people. You get to pick the parts of the Bible you like the parts that make sense to you. You also get to pick uh, what you don't like and what doesn't make sense to you and then substitute it with something secular and say, I can mix and merge and whatever one serves me the best that day, that's what I'll use. You can't do that. You can do it, but you can't do it and call yourself a believer in God. Okay? That's just, that's that's what I'm trying. I'm not trying to be unfair but you really got to look at this like this. And so what I'm telling you is that God is calling us to wholeness before he's calling us to anything else. Do not subscribe to an ambition based doctrine. God just wants you to do this. He wants you to have this. And he's ready to move you. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is trust. All you got to do is put yourself in a position to receive what God has for you. And he's going to take you. And he's going to keep you. Pray and study and meditate. And and they're running all of these ideas by you. But they're not telling you that God requires that you surrender your body. And your mind. That's why Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and mind, soul. Love him that way. Understand him that way. Know him that way. Be in relationship with him that way. And then you'll be able to love people because you'll be able to love you. Because through that knowledge, and love that you have for God, you've learned you. 
What Jesus is saying is you'll have to have a oneness. See, brokenness is not oneness. Please write that down. Brokenness is not oneness. Wholeness means it's put together. There are no pieces. And if you have pieces that don't attach and don't align, it's going to be hard to love self and neighbors. Most of our troubles in relation, in business, in our personhood come because we don't have a oneness with ourselves. We don't really know the things that are a disease laying dormant within us, but we're trying to prosper. And I'm not going to lie to you. You cannot believe that if you sow in brokenness, you will reap whole fruit. I don't want to lie. You cannot disregard diseases and cure symptoms and believe that when God takes you to where you're going, that your fruit won't have seeds of brokenness in it. And when people bite off of what you've just produced, that they're eating 100% organic whole fruit. They're not because when you sold that, you were not whole. I laid in a hospital bed and said to myself, something is off. They don't know what it is. I don't really know what it is, but it's their trend to treat symptoms. Okay, Nathan, you had a headache here. I know how to turn that off. And if it lasts four hours, just take another. And they're, and I'm going to be swallowing pills to turn pain off so I can function and I'm functioning even though I'm dying. I don't want you to do this. What is in your life that has caused you to say something is off? And nobody knows what it is. And I don't know what it is. And I'm not taking the time to figure out what it is, what it is from my past what it is in my choices, what it is uh, in my decisions, what it is in my physical life. This is why you hear the term health is wealth. <laughs> Not health is, 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 is money. Let, 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 let me, let me, let me tell you what I'm trying to say. So whether it be business or personal or relational, um, most people can just spot the symptom and it, and it hurts us because we don't know the things about us well enough sometimes to conduct business, to have a good relationship with God, the father and to have relationship with people, whether it be romantic or platonic case in point, if you're in a relationship and you hear this finances, are the lead cause of divorce. Finances. Whether we have enough money or we don't. So people who are supposed to be in love with you can break up with you 
or divorce you because of finances. That's what the culture says. But it's really not that. Financial literacy. Because I'm going to shatter your myth really quickly here. The person who is broke, no job, the person in the unemployment line is the same person as the person who works 40 hours a week or overtime 80 hours a week and the millionaire. They're all the same until you understand who's literate and illiterate. What do you mean, Nate? Take an NFL player who gets a $5 million contract. They're going to pay him $5 million before taxes. Take the person who works your average job, 1000 there, 40 to 80 hours a week, depending on overtime, and the person unemployment who has nothing coming in. If the millionaire doesn't know what to do with the money, besides spend it, he'll be broke and back on the same level as the other two. If the 40-hour-a-week person doesn't know what to do with the money, besides spend it, live check to check, they will be on the same level as the broke millionaire and the person in in the unemployment line. If the unemployed person gets a job but still doesn't get the education and doesn't know what to do with the money, he'll be back in the unemployment line and all three will be leveled to nothing if they don't know what to do with something. Health is not money. Health is wealth. (laughs) If you don't know how to steward what you already have, you run the risk of it being gone. And you don't know how to get more. That's what levels the playing field. Education. So when someone says, oh, we just don't have any money. Really what they're saying is, we need the knowledge to learn how to make money, steward the money, keep money, and make more. We really need to learn passive income because that is going to secure that we can make money while guarding our time because as we see billionaires are still getting divorced it's not about money but we don't understand it money is the symptom so we chase money and pursue money that's the pursuit because obviously this is the fix I gotta have this money I gotta have this money But without the education, you'll always be on the chase. Which means that relationship that's in jeopardy is going to always be in jeopardy because if you ever are on the chase and you miss and you don't get it, you're in jeopardy. Of losing them. Of losing the marriage. The education and what to do when you get it, the financial literacy, would cure it. The symptom is, I don't have any money. That's the headache. Well, what'll turn it off? Something quick. I need some quick cash. I need to knock this bill out. I need to pay this. What's the disease? 
financial literacy. We don't know enough about money. And if you're honest in most of those relationships like that, neither of you do, because it's hard to be in a relationship with somebody that you don't teach and bring along with you and tell them what you know. They actually divorce because neither of them know. They're the same person because if one had the education and the literacy, they would give it to the other. They would give it to the children. Most children grow up and either have to repeat the the same pattern that their parents had or create a new one. Do y'all see this? One is a symptom. One is a disease. The symptom is your bank account is zero. Oh, put something in it really fast and really quick. The disease is if you don't understand how it works and the language of money, you're going to always have to take that quick pill and learn how to make quick and fast money because you don't how to you don't know how to play the long game and neither of you do because I bet the spouse isn't doing it either. One is symptom, one is disease. I don't care how gifted you are. You cannot make it to your purpose and know how to steward the assignment. If you don't understand the parts of you that have to remain whole, your fruit will have seeds of that brokenness. Even in your business. That's why they tank. And you're saying, like people say, nobody supports me. They don't buy my stuff. They don't share my posts when I make it. They don't like my page. No, you don't know how to gain an audience outside of proximity, outside of the people you grew up with and the people that are your Facebook friends that are mostly your family and your high school friends and your college friends. Like these are people you've been in a relationship with, not consumers. So you're uneducated on how to build a consumer based brand how to get in demand to where people actually find you and you're not draining the people who are supposed to be in relationship with you. They're not fans of yours. They're your friends. I had to do the same thing with this podcast. It was red. I only started to put it on Facebook because people who were very close to me was asking like, why you don't ever promote it on there? I really didn't even care if they listened or not because i wanted to reach a broad audience i didn't want to just reach the people i knew and it stay in house that's like a church that won't grow you have to be educated on how to build the culture and the consumer so you say a symptom nobody support me how do i do how they I need need supporters when in reality, the disease is you don't know how the business works. Pastors, uh, they just don't want to do right. They don't want to teach. They don't want to learn. They don't want to love each other. Don't nobody want to come to church. I'm doing all I can. You're doing all you can the wrong way. The symptom is 
oh, nobody's nobody's coming here. I, I, nobody came to church. Nobody came to church. But the disease is your methodology may be wrong when you look at the systems that grow and retain members of a church. While you can preach very well, you may not understand mission and outreach. You may not have an education department. You may not have a youth department. You may not understand that they don't just want a singles ministry. They want a dating ministry and a marriage ministry. So the millennials who aren't getting married but are dating, they don't feel like they have a place in your church because they're not single, but they're not married, but they can't come here. You don't understand identity. You just know the gospel. Well, that won't keep them if your systems can't retain them. We must understand broken areas of business, broken areas of structure uh, of organizations, broken areas of relationship and broken areas of self. Because if you misdiagnose, you'll cure the symptom and never, ever touch the disease. And while you're asking God for more, I believe that it is irresponsible to ask God for more when you're broken and you can't hold the more. Ask God for the clarity of what you need to heal, what you need to fix, what you need to know about yourself. Knowledge is about knowing. And we don't want to do the work that's required to know us. To really, really, really know us so we're more uh, beneficial to our relationships and our business and our churches. To ourselves, to our purpose. You can have all the gifts in the world, all the anointing in the world and be stuck. You better ask me how. You can have all of the potential. If you didn't have gifts, y'all know this is my show. I give the connection. I'm trying to teach you how to connect the gift to your inner man and understand while that gift serves you with them, you have to be okay with self. If you didn't have this gift, there's no way you could even move in the anointing. There's no way that the prosperity that you're already getting, the traction that you're getting, the visions that you have would even would, would even be there. But if you're going to get to fruition, and this is the thing about fruition, fruit is going to grow. One way or another, fruit going to grow, like it's going to grow. But what type of fruit? You can get in a relationship with anybody you want and fruit is going to grow. What type though? And you have to understand this. You have to, you have to know self and know God that is what Jesus was saying you have to know these things knowledge is power well what is knowledge to know about what is what 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 is education it's it's the knowledge in various disciplines of a certain thing when you get a degree they take courses that align with 
a certain sector of edu- of knowledge and education. So business and their courses are in business. They're, th- that's the disciplines of business. You're going to have to learn the disciplines of self. What is it about you? And most of us are asking God to bless us and we, and we haven't done our, our real work. We, even with people, the average person in a relationship doesn't know what it takes to be in a relationship until they get in it. But everybody wants to date. We can't even define the term. Some people think dating is, and I'm talking about dating in a relationship. Yeah. Going out is one thing. You can go out and eat and get to know people. I'm not talking about that. Serious committed dating relationships, marital relationships. We don't know what it takes. We think it's happiness. It's a vibe. It's how I feel. It's chemistry. You can have chemistry with the devil. Most of us have had it. You can vibe with things that aren't good for you. Most of us have. So what is it? Anybody can buy you something. That ain't it. Anybody can take you out. Like you have to understand, like, what is it? We don't even know what it is. We don't even know what connection is. We haven't studied the first relationship and the, and the order of it and how God put it together and why he did it. Why did God present Eve to Adam? Why was it so important for him to, he had to put him to sleep and give him this part? Why? Why was it that God said it wasn't good for men to be alone? Adam didn't say he was lonely. How did God know more about what it was like to be alone with this assignment? And why was it so important that he have someone he could relate to? Who teaches us how to relate? What if you don't even know that you have a disease in you that causes you to not even know how to relate? Lord send me my man and my man need to have this and that and that and that and Lord uh, uh, when I get a uh, this the woman I want you have all of these wants but who are you who are you what part of you could mess that up if God gave it to you right now because you haven't studied you like what part of you is unwell what part of you will wake up and say I can't walk today what part of you will have to take medicine that will cut pain off at the sign of it, but you don't even know what's that like is your communication part of it? Most of us don't know what it takes to be in relationship. We know what we like. So when we see somebody we like, we say God sent them. Or if we see somebody we like, we usually start getting in relationship with them. And then we ask God to bless it because it's what we like. And they've made us feel good. And we vibe with them and, they cool and I like their family and they might not even go to church. You might not even go. Like you, 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 you they may not have a love for the Lord, but he love you. Red flag. In any relationship, they've had, they have to always submit to a higher authority because that's what's going to keep them in relationship with you. Who going to check me? You can't. They're not going to just be committed to you because you said it. Something has to keep them coming back when they don't want to because the Bible says that love suffers long. 
when the suffering happens, if someone isn't used to long suffering, what's going to make them do it with you? What's going to make them forgive? What's going to make them deny others? What's going to make them deny themselves for your sake? What? Not you. They've liked somebody probably before you and they will like somebody again. Most people don't marry their first love. You're not the first. You're not the only. Because when we have a misconception of love, they've loved all type of things. Do they love God and understand that love? You, you cannot love another God. And behold, y'all got to understand, you have to know who you are because it's going to come out when you're trying to be purposeful and fruitful. So what you don't address in the dating phase, it comes out in the marriage and you're trying to do the command but you really can't because there's a disease there and you've learned how to shut off the symptom that's why if you have um, sexual uh, practices and you don't know why you do them well getting married to have sex won't help that you'll just be more exposed <laughs> and when your partner maybe doesn't want to do it, can't do it, chooses not to do it, things go bad, you're stuck. And what will you result to? What if all of the sex you've ever had was deviant? Well, that's going to show up, my friend. Vulgar, that's going to show up. You've never been in a situation where it's love. You've never been in a situ situation where it's love and trust, where both of you love, where there's love and truth. I love you, but I'm not honest, but that ain't love. I got something going on, but I love you. That's not. Mm. I'm with her still, but I, I'm with him still, but I'm. I met you've never been in a truthful situation that's there's a disease somewhere so when you try to relate to something in truth you can't because you've just knocked out the symptom that's why you can't just try to not do something and think it works so many people get into uh religion and they say okay uh, purity culture will have us believe and y'all please study purity culture it will have you believe god just don't want me to do that so I'm trying not to do it for God. But you ain't trying to not do it because you understand why God doesn't want you to do it. You think it's legalistic and that he'll reward you for not doing it when really that's not what he's saying. I can't just reward you for not doing it because you're flesh and you didn't do that uh, just because of your understanding. You did it to have a right standing and a righteousness and you believed that I would reward that I won't because at some point you're going to fail you because you never understood why you wanted to do it why you did it when you said you wouldn't why you didn't even understand the disease that was laying there you were trying to shut off the symptom of temptation and at some point you're going to miss and you're going to sin and you're going to fail yourself, your relationship, 
and ours. That's what God is saying. So you have to understand this. And I and I'm finna let me let me go into this really quick. Why this oh this just popped on my head. Why this is on my heart, and I'm I'm gonna shatter a myth for you. And 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 this is what I'm talking about. While I'm on this point about the body and about about health and wealth, I just really want us to understand our temples are important to the process of purpose to our relationship with God, to our relationship with other people, who we say we want to be, who we're, who we're trying to be for uh, people, for our kids. Your body is so important. It, it, I, I really want y'all to understand this. I really do. Okay, look at this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And at the first part of uh, chapter 6, Paul is talking about, he's writing this to the church in Corinth and he's, and he's trying to tell them how to settle legal matters and just what it looks like to publicly take your brother to court when we're supposed to be brothers and sisters can we work things out without going to unbelievers to try to help them solve a matter within the church a matter within people who are brothers and sisters like he's trying to, he's trying to talk about that and then he talks about uh, sexual sin in the body I want, I want I want to read this in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12 he says and you say I'm allowed to do anything but not everything is good for you he says and even though I'm allowed to do anything I must not become a slave to anything most of our diseases y'all come from being a slave to something we had access to what Paul says is you got the freedom to do it Everything ain't good for you, though. He says, you say food was made for the stomach. This is verse 13 and the stomach for food. This is true, though. Someday God will do away with both of them. He said, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our body. Highlight that in verse 13. The Lord cares about it. Now he's trying to rule it. He cares about it. Okay, he cares. Verse 14. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised the Lord of the Lord from the dead. Verse 15, he said, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? He said, never. He said, and don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. What, Y'all right there. He said, your body, he said, the Lord cares about it. He says, and believers of Christ, your bodies are part with Christ. He says, <laughs> he said, y'all, they're, they're, they're parts with Christ. He says, so if you're joined to the Lord, he says, he says, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Anytime you take a part of yourself and a part of themselves and join it, you become one with them. This is where you get a lot of, this is where you get disease. And I'm not talking about STZ, STDs. That's a thing. Uh, but this is not that show. But, <laughs> do the math. But what he's saying is, when you join mentally, physically, and spiritually with something outside of Christ, you become one with it. Y'all like to talk about soul ties. What Paul is talking about he said you become part of them you start thinking like they think 
You start what what they think is okay. You think is okay. They trauma become your trauma. Their truth, your truth. Their destruction, your destruction. They creeping, you creeping. They cheating, you cheating. Y'all are one in this thing. You make a bond. Because you've joined yourself to them. Mentally and physically. In the same sense, you've already tried to join yourself when you became baptized to Christ. This is where the confrontation is and the conflict is. You got baptized and now your your body is parts with Christ. And so y'all share the same spirit, Paul says. He says, Y'all are one spirit. But then in the then in the same in the same response, you're joining yourselves to people that are not of Christ. There's a disease somewhere. Because you've picked up who they are because you don't even realize how crucial it is to make decisions about who you come in contact with physically, spiritually, sexually. I'm being fair. I'm being fair. This is real. This is real. 18, he says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. What Paul is, and, and y'all, y'all have said this for years. No sin is greater than the other. No sin is greater than the other. I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say with that. But Paul clearly states, he says, no other sin so clearly affects the body. As what you choose to do with it concerning another person. Hmm. No other sin like this affects the body the most. Because he knows this is powerful enough for you to draw to them and draw away from God. No other sin affects it like this. Lose, lose, shatter the myth. No sin is greater than the other. I, I, I don't know what you're trying to say. Sin is sin. I think that's what you're trying to say. The wages of sin are still death. Uh, is death, which means without uh, the gift of, the, of God and the Holy Spirit, you will lose your right to eternal life. You will die in that sin if you do not uh, take on uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I, I agree with you there. Sin is sin. They both cause death eternally without Christ. But as far as the, the effect that it has on you here, this is the greatest effect. Now, why would Paul, why is he writing this to the church? Because you have to understand how to govern your body while you're trying to live and be prosperous, while you're trying to be fruitful, while you're trying to live for God, while you're trying to be what God would have you to be, while you're trying to pray for all those blessings and want God to do this and do that, you're going to mess it up if you don't understand the disease that'll be caused when you join to things that aren't of Christ. God isn't telling you, don't have sex because I don't want you to. What he's saying is there will be a brokenness when part of you is here and part of you is there. Mm. We have to start teaching our teens like this, our adults like this. 
sex is a it, it th there's a protective order that he gives when he talks about this because what god knows is that when you don't know the purpose of a thing you'll abuse it so if the purpose uh of sex is unknown the abuse you cannot you cannot account for okay you will abuse it which means you'll have prostitution people making money off of someone else's body you have pornography one of the largest uh industries in the world <laughs> lucrative very lucrative you will have human trafficking sex trafficking child pornography child abuse child abduction for abuse you'll have molestation you will have rape and assault you will have adultery broken hearted people anytime someone joins to another without the godly covering mm, god is trying to cover you this is why paul says you have to flee from this because this one sin knows how to affect everything around us <laughs> he says he says and this is and this is the highlight if you don't take anything else i say in verse 19 he says don't you realize that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by god you do not belong to yourself for god bought you with a high price so you can honor he said you must honor god with your body he said god bought you with a high price so you must honor god with your body this is important this is what i want you to take from this show your body was bought and purchased and you got to take care of it we say this wrong shatter this myth number two write this down the bible didn't say your body is a temple it said your body is the temple of the holy spirit <laughs> it didn't say we, we my body is a temple your body is a temple your body is a temple you need to treat like this well there's there's culture now but my body is my temple and i can i choose who enter it i i've heard all this but it didn't say that it said your body is the temple of the holy spirit He's talking to the church now. People who don't believe in Jesus Christ. And they don't believe that Christ's blood is what purchased their relationship back to God the Father. It restores and gives them eternal life that the blood bought them. He's not talking to them. So, no, everybody's body is not a temple of the Holy Spirit because they've not been baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. But for those of you who have, that is where your Holy Spirit lives. This is why Paul is saying this to them, because he wants them to understand that the culture, you can't introduce culture to the body and feed the body, the culture, because that is where God resides. The Holy Spirit you're, you have to honor the body because that's where God lives inside of you. And if you want God to move for you, that body has to be healthy. You're going to have to ward off physical, mental and spiritual distractions and things that cause destruction to the body. So the Holy Spirit can thrive. I hope I've helped you. Your body is not a temple to my believers. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you baptize, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And what I learned on that hospital bed is God can't move through me. <clears throat> Excuse me. God can't move through me if I'm sick. God can't move through me <clears throat> if I'm sick. God can't, he, he, he can't get the most out of me. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of me if I fail the temple. I won't be here for you. <clears throat> I won't, I won't, I won't be here for you. It shall be non-existent. My preaching to the people that I pastor, it won't, it won't help them anymore. Because what God is trying to do through me, I didn't protect what he resides in. He bought me back. So I can't give in to the sinful nature that could destroy me. That's what Paul was asking, telling him. You can't go be parts of something else because God bought you. And if you do that, the relationship is broken. What I'm telling you is in the physical too, you have to honor what you consume. I look at what I watch, what I read, what's on TV, uh, the, the relationships I have I don't I won't I won't keep a toxic relationship too long I've lost people just this year alone that I never thought like I, I never thought that thought we'd be friends forever I thought like but if if it's toxic to me I can't do it why because my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit I gotta protect that what's inside of me and Paul is also letting them know that that Holy Spirit is in there when you need, like it, it's in, it doesn't leave. Like it's, it's a part of you. You walking around with the Holy Spirit. So I got to watch who I come in contact with, what I say to them when I do come in contact with them. My relationships, romantic and platonic. I have to understand that. This is what I'm saying when we, we don't know what it's like to be in a relationship because we got into this relationship with God probably overlooking this text that, hey, Holy Spirit is within me. I can't, I can't, I can't do this to the body. I can't. I got to take care of it. I got to exercise. I got to drink my water. I got, like, I have to watch what I consume. What you eat. Your diet is important. Your sleep is important. Your stress is is important but you got to know what causes these things because when i was in there they was they said you're gonna have to reduce your stress i didn't even know the first place to start <laughs> i didn't even know the first place to start that's just a statement reduce your stress but if i don't figure it out see the the stress is a simple like it, it, it's Oh, I'm tired. Ah, my head hurt. Ah, my, I ain't feeling the best today. But if you don't, if you don't figure out the disease that causes the stress, what is it? Who is it? And how do you fix it? If it's relational, you're going to have to fix it. If it's financial, you're going to have to get the education. If it's physical, do you go to therapy? Do you get a trainer? Do you get somebody to do your meal prep? Do you just take walks? Like, what do you do? Because you're, you're going to have to do it 
A, the Holy Spirit lives in there. And without, if you don't protect that, if you don't protect that temple, you can't be fruitful. You can't give other people access to what's the God that's inside of you because you're not housing it properly. You have to watch who you encounter. You can't talk to everybody. You cannot sit there and sleep with everybody and think that the Holy Spirit will be preserved. You can't mix their spirit with the Holy Spirit if they don't, and they don't even have the Holy Spirit. And they, like, you can't do this. You can't just eat processed foods every day and think you're gonna be well. Paul said, you gotta honor this body. Because your body is, it houses the spirit of God who bought you. It's a, it's partners with the Christ who died. Man, so many people don't know how to be in relationships because they don't know how to be partners. If you say, I want to be your business partner, but you don't know how to be a partner. You might know business, but you don't know how to be a partner. You might know one thing or two about relationships, but you don't know how to be a partner. So they know they like you, but they're not a good partner. You got to learn yourself to know how well <laughs> or unwell you are when it comes to partnership. And this is what kills the body of Christ. We don't know how to be members of one another. We don't know how to partner with Christ. We don't know how to be part of our culture, but parts with Christ, a body that houses the Holy Spirit. You have to have responsibility, just like the Holy Spirit has to be responsible uh, for living inside of you. You have to be responsible for housing it. If you're not a good partner, you won't take care of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. You have to be a good partner. Do y'all see this? That the disease is more important than the symptom and the knowledge of the disease is very important. I'm not trying to be cute, deep, fancy. I'm trying to be real with this. This is bigger than us. The devil understands and knows the parts of you that you're not addressing <laughs> and you're making it about everybody else you're making it about this and that and it's about them and my boss and money and but what when you start to say I'm tired the disease is there the fatigue is a symptom about you, you don't die of fatigue why are you tired what causes this? Do not take an energy drink. Do not just pray for energy to get through the day. You will have to pray that prayer every day and that won't cause uh, a cure. And that's what I'm trying to get y'all to see. Like, it's bigger than that. Understand yourself, know yourself. Know your body that houses the Holy Spirit. Know it. Know what you're walking around in. Like, this is all you own. 
<laughs> when they when you die they gotta bury your body because like they like it's what you it's it's the thing that housed you wherever you paying mortgage at or rent at or uh your car note whatever it is man all that stuff that's nothing naked in this world you came you just came with a body that's that, that how close are you with yourself to understand how to take care of your body we be so worried about relationships with other people you don't even know how to take care of you Like if they die, you still ain't good. You still ain't good because you were depending on them for your happiness, for this, for that, like your security, like, but you don't take care of you well. You never did. And you don't learn that until like someone goes, like you had a funeral and you realize, I was listening to a podcast and uh, with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he said when his daddy died, he sat there on that racetrack and said, my daddy's not here. What do I do? His, he like what do he say? My daddy had the answers. And then he has to figure them out. That is that's what I'm saying. You don't often realize it until you're without something that I was never stewarding this right. So it's not until you're in the hospital and then you sit there and you realize like, I wasn't doing this right. Like I, I haven't been doing this right. It ain't the job. It ain't the paycheck or lack thereof or the abundance of. Cause I know people who they're very financially secure and they're hurting. Whether it be physically or mentally because they haven't figured them out. Like they don't know the, what's the disease. I hope y'all see this. I didn't want to make it preacher because it, I, I could, but like, I, I just want you to, I want you to see that we're in a culture that wants you to move past the symptoms. Just, just manage them and move on. And, and, and people are marrying like that. Like, you don't have no business no business because then that other person is responsible for the parts you ain't fixed i didn't say you couldn't be in a relationship with them because i think i think that's insane to not you have to constantly work on who you are relationally that's just what i believe so you have to stay in relationship if they're worth it but fix it while you're in it not so much about them but you have to learn how to be dual and work on both at the same time now, everybody won't take that gospel. Do you? But I don't think you have to be out or I don't think it's healthy to jump in without the knowledge of who you are. So you can give them the, that knowledge. Same way with business. I think the same with business. I think the same with the, the with the, uh, the spirit. Because if you're not going to be honest about God with where you are, it's a broken relationship because you're going to come uh, hiding things because you think he can't accept it and won't hear it and can't heal it and can't ex uh, can't understand it and he won't 
tolerate it and he won't love me. A lot of times, the parts of you that you don't love, you think God won't love either. So you're silent about it, just like you are with other people, just like you are with yourself. If I don't speak on it, it's not there because I don't like it about me. I can't tell them. I don't want them to judge me or not like me or and, and I don't want God to do the same. In business, we, you try to cut corners or overlook the fact that you don't know this and you don't know and you're trying to make the money. Uh, to overcompensate for the parts of business that you're actually failing at. So if I just hit this target with a profit, I'm winning. You can profit in this season and then in the next quarter lose all you had because you overlooked something. Your gift, while it make room for you, is not a substitute for wholeness. That's the show. I don't care how talented you are, it's not a substitute for brokenness. That's the show. That's 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 the post. You can be ever so gifted. You can be ever so talented. I mean, you can be the best. I've encountered people that man, they the best at, like man, you you cold, bro. Since you got it, I'm talking about. I know people better than me in the areas that I strive. Like, bro, you sweet with. I ain't got it like that. I got a little bit. I ain't got it like that. I've had people look at me like that. Like, bro, you got this. Why you not here? Why you not doing this? Why you not doing that? I wouldn't have held up. <laughs> Some of the people you admire, they not holding up. They just have, they just know how to take the migraine medicine. Y'all understand this? Don't take everything I'm saying on every other podcast episode because it suits you and it fits you and it sounds good and it's what you want to hear but the parts of you that you fail to acknowledge that's what I'm talking about you ain't never got to be good enough for this good enough for a person like don't let nobody play you like that you alright now are you the best no <laughs> but they aren't either your top role model in business struggling somewhere. Don't let nobody play you like that. Even in relationships, don't let nobody make you think you got to get something or have some more. No, because if we honest, everybody would be on the chopping block if we could see inside of them. Don't don't ever fall for that like that. But say I'm willing to acknowledge where I am. And I'm willing to get there. And then they choose if they want to be with you while you get there. They choose if they want to be a business partner while you get there. They choose if they still want to love you while you get That's a whole part of, that's a part of forgiveness. When you in the church and, and somebody hurts you and you go to them and say, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. And this is going to hurt. But can you, will you stay in relationship with, with me while we recover? That's what people who experience church hurt. That's what they want, like. Some people are going to stay And some people are going to say Nope I won't do that <laughs> Some people are too high To tough it out with you Now God's not But some people are They going to do what you would do for them Like don't go expecting that The risk might be too much for them They can't wait for the reward Don't, don't, don't punish them that's just people 
but uh, but don't subscribe to their narrative that I would do this if you were this person because then you're you're held to a standard that I have to be x y and z to get your love to get your partnership to get your business to get your <laughs> don't let them cancel you like that because you're not something it don't work but also don't take yourself out because you're overlooking or you're not addressing the underlying issues I want you to be fair with yourself I want you to be fair with your health mentally spiritually and physically I want you to be fair with God I want you to be fair with your body understanding that it's a temple of the Holy Spirit I want you to be fair I want you to be fair and say I've been taking care of my body or I haven't I've been taking care of my mind or I have not done so. I've I've consumed things I shouldn't have. I've been around people I shouldn't have. I've been part of people I shouldn't have. I've had sex with people I should like be fair with yourself and say I'm joining myself to things, to concepts, to theories, to groups, to people, to bodies I, that I shouldn't have. Be fair to and come on. You cannot heal what you refuse to look at and see. They had to do a scan on my head to rule out something. You ain't scanned you yet. You just know how to take the medicine, but you won't go see like the, spe the come on, like look into it and say, is something wrong? And me just covering it up and getting by, that won't do gifted family. Like you can't do it like that. You don't get by in purpose. Like you gotta be, you have to be aware of you because you're serving all these people. You can't get by in your relationship and in your marriage. You serving her. You serving him. You need to know what make you cheat. Like your word ain't gonna, <laughs> because I love you, I will not cheat that ain't real they love you and they hurting you because they don't know why they do it and you loving them better trying like that's not that's headache medicine it's not the disease come on that ain't gonna work <laughs> you can't out love they sin they gotta they got to love themselves enough to say, I, I got to figure out why I do that because they ain't going to stop. <laughs> I'm trying here, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to get y'all to see. You can't just want to be better and think you're going to be a millionaire because you want to be. You got to know the things that will keep you from being one. You can't just want to be in shape. Everybody do the same thing. I, man, I used to I used to work in this industry. They start eating salads. That's not the answer. But okay, go for it. You don't know how your body responds to insulin sensitivity. You don't know the stress that releases cortisol that causes you to retain fat instead of burning. You don't know the parts uh, of your diet you need to remove, like eating some lettuce. Like, 
You're not a cow. <laughs> Think about this. You have to learn. Do you have a disease? Like, what? What? what is it? Is it work ethic? Is it diet? I know people who got a good work ethic. Work out every day. Can't drop a pound. Until they go see a trainer and they figure out why. Because you can't over and outwork a disease. Man, I, I don't got time. I got to let this go. I got to let this go. I just wanted y'all to understand your symptoms. When you really want to get off into what God has for you, do not overlook your body. Take that how you want that. Don't overlook your body. Honor it. Understand it. Build it up. Maintain it. Why? The Holy Spirit is in there. You in there. That's what your people get. That's what your boyfriend get. Your girlfriend, your wife. That's what your that's what your customers get. That's what your business partners get. That's what your church get. That's what your, that like that's what your children get. Come on, protect it. Don't just take the headache medicine like that. Don't just let somebody sell you the dream that we can change the symptom, but we ain't got to look deeper into this and figure out what this is. Man, come on, y'all. Don't be too, don't be gifted and ignorant to what's going on inside of you. Are you trying to bless everybody else? But you, what do you have that you need to take care of right now? Mentally, spiritually, and physically, and then relationally. I want your relationships to work. I want them to prosper. I want you to prosper in them. But you're going to have to figure out how you're wired internally because that relationship will reap what you are. You can blame them all day. But it's going to (laughs) reap the mentality of the people in it. Whether it survives or thrives, it ain't about nothing. It ain't about money. It ain't about uh, outside people getting in your bit, it ain't it ain't about social media. Who are you in your mind? Can't nothing stop that mind. Who are you in there? Who? What kind of body do you have? What kind of decisions do you make? Are you sick or are you well? Are you well enough to love? I ain't say you had to cure the whole thing. Are you well enough to love them properly where they are while they get the help? While they get the healing, can you do it? Can they do Like, ah, we don't have time. Take care of your body. Honor your body. Understand your body. Take care of your health. Health is wealth.